Hey Houston, Khan's prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building it. Visit Cons today and find out what invincible feels like. Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode is called Airline Life is Wild, and it's sort of a shout out to a new television show that a friend of mine is in, and it's called Life is Wild. It's on the CW uh, Sunday nights at eight o'clock, and I think it's a really good show. It's a family show. It's about a blended family that uh, moved to South Africa to live on a game reserve. Gosh, I'd like to live on a game reserve in Africa, but it's a good show. You should check it out. And then this episode is called Not Life is Wild, but Airline Life is Wild. So I've got a lot of stories about wild animals on the plane, leopards, gorillas, turtles, snakes. And then there's a bunch of just plain wild stories. So just wild airline stories. So we've got the wildlife stories and the just plain wild stories. So let's go. Let's go ahead and get wild. Uh, another major airline <laughs> yeah. uh, that used to uh, video, they used to have a camera in the cockpit that would look out the forward window and you could see all the instruments and, and uh, all the controls that were right down the center console, but you couldn't see the pilots. It was so, yeah, so they could see during takeoff and landing. And uh, they, they had that for, for years when the airplane would line up on the runway the camera would come on and, and you could see on the video in the back the airplane taking off view from the cockpit and uh, one day a, a guy came to work and he brought with him the, the glove part of a gorilla suit and when they got out on the runway um, the other guy held a banana in in the middle of the cockpit and, the, and all you could see is the arms and the gorilla arm came and took the banana and then push the throttles up forward. And that was the last time they ever used the cockpit camera for takeoff or landing. <laughs> Now, a guy flight in, I was just flying with, told me this story that I really liked. And once again, he doesn't like his voice, so he didn't want to be recorded. So I'll tell it to you. So he said that uh, it was a late night flight and him and his friend, he flew with a lot, Judy, um, were working and it was late. So they were sitting on the jump seat, just chatting, and they had all the lights turned down. Even the lights in the galley were turned off because they wanted all the passengers to be able to sleep. And uh, somebody rang their call bell and Judy went walking up and he watches her go up and turns the call bell off goes she goes to the galley she gets him something to drink she takes it back and she comes back to the jump seat and they start chatting again and the same guy rings his call bell 
So Judy goes walking up there and the guy flight attendant is watching this and all of a sudden Judy is like waving her arms and the guy's waving his arms and the guy flight attendant's thinking, oh, something's going on. So he goes up there to see if he can help and he gets up there and he, he hears Judy saying, I would never put soap in your drink. Oh, why would I do that? And the guy's like, you put soap in my drink. There's soap in my drink. Why'd you put soap in my drink? And the guy flight attendant is standing there and goes like, oh, and he said, oh. Oh, Judy, you know, um, remember we used to have these little tiny soaps in the lavatory. I guess that was quite wasteful looking back at it. They're little tiny soaps individually wrapped in paper before we had like pump dispensers. And so some flight attendants would take one of those bars of soap and put it in a cup in the galley, you know, because lots of times we can't get in the bathroom to wash our hands. So this way you could use the, the water in the galley and the soap and wash your hands. So he is putting this together in his head because it was dark in the galley. She didn't see the little bar of soap in the cup and she used that cup and then she went and took that <laughs> soap drink to the passenger. And so he's like, um, Judy, I, you know, there was a, a cup with soap in the galley so we could wash our hands. And she was like, <gasps> she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to put soap in your drink. And just then there were two guys sitting behind them in the row who had been watching the whole thing. And these, one of these passengers said to Judy, yo, baby, bring me a Jack and soap. <laughs> Yeah, hey, my name's Purvis. Uh, I won't tell you about the first time I went up in one of these birds. Uh, I was flying from uh, where I was living at the time, which was Slidell, Louisiana, and then we was going over to, uh, to Birmingham in Alabama. So we had to cross over into Mississippi and then uh, over into Alabama. And so, you know, uh, I didn't know, but we took off, and I called the stewardess over, and I said, I wanted to know I, I didn't understand if we had crossed the stage yet so I said where are the lines <laughs> now see you think that's funny but I didn't know because I grew up with the geography book or it had yeah it had the lines and then when uh, she said they made dirty luck <laughs> and she said there weren't no lines <laughs> So, uh, you know, because what they tell you in school it doesn't seem to make much sense because if there ain't no lines between the states, they're, what they're teaching them kids is all wrong. But anyway, that was my first time with the, uh, what you call them, flight attendants. I think it's funny you said she gave you a dirty <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think she was very nice. <laughs> Okay, so, you know, they have companion animals, like seeing-eye dogs and things. And so you're saying you had a... A, a companion turtle. <laughs> and what could the turtle do for the passenger? I don't know, but it was a companion turtle, and we had a, a, a bulletin that came out that said that people now can have their companion turtle. You know, it's like a dog. They need to have this companion turtle where they can fly. It's like one of the list of new animals or whatever, reptiles or whatever that thing is, that you can have. And you think the turtle, go, turtle goes through training? No, no, it's not for the flight attendant. It's for our passengers. No, I mean, because, you know, the, the companion dogs and stuff, you know, they go through training. Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I'm not sure how you can train a turtle. 
Now, this was a number of years ago before sexual harassment became such an issue. And these pilots used to play this joke on flight attendants. They would, it was the captain usually who would buy a dozen roses and he would have them sitting up in the cockpit. And this was back when we had three pilots in the cockpit and he'd set the dozen roses there and he'd call the flight attendants up on a long flight one by one. So the first one, and he would call them up in seniority. So he'd call up the most senior one first, and she'd go up there, and they'd be talking, and and she'd notice the dozen roses sitting there, and she'd comment about, you know, why do you have a dozen roses? And he said, well, they can be yours if you make out with each one of us. And of course, she'd be like, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think so, and leave. And they'd call up the next flight attendant, and again, she'd be like, uh, what are the roses for? And they're like, well, they can be yours if you make out with each one of us. And this flight attendant would be like, <sighs> you know, just angry and storm out. And they would go down the line calling up the flight attendants with this silly rose makeout proposition until they got to the most junior flight attendant. They'd call her up there and then they would say, oh, so you're new here at the airline, right? She'd be like, oh, yes. And they'd ask her how she'd like her job. She's like, oh, I really like it. And the captain would say, well, I bought these dozen roses because I knew we had a new flight attendant on board and I just want to welcome you to the airline. So here is a dozen roses. So she'd come out of the cockpit holding the dozen roses and the rest of the flight attendants would be looking at her like, huh, yeah, floozy. <laughs> that was back when crews played jokes on each other more often. First apartment, very first apartment in in Cerritos, brand new apartment complex. So, went out on a fly, came back. There's the landlord standing at the front door. Said, so "Goes, have you are you missing pets? Are you, have you been missing your pets? No, I don't have any pets. Didn't think anything of it. A couple weeks go by, landlord's there again, knocking at the door, saying." Have you been missing your pets? There's, there's all everybody in the complex is missing their pets. What kind of pets? Dog, cats, birds. No, I don't have any animals, so I don't know. Went out on my trip a couple weeks later. Come home, go into the bathroom, and I see in my bathroom a six-foot python in my bathroom. <laughs> Call the landlord, python. python, six foot, python. Uh, apartment manager come running upstairs and said, and said, what's wrong, what's wrong? I have a snake in my bathroom. He comes running in, call the, um, call the animal control and ASPCA. The reason why their pets were missing in the reason why there's animals missing in the complex was the python was coming up through the toilets because the contractors forgot to put a little mesh cover over the pipes that connects to the sewer. It was going down, it was, but he was coming up. 
And now, how did you find out that it was from the toilet? Well, because that would be the only way that it would have been coming up because I don't have a python. I. <laughs> <laughs> If I if I did have a python, it would be on my shoes. It would be shoes and bags. Okay, it would it would not be in my bathroom. But I was wondering when a python eats its dinner, it stays in their body because they eat them whole. So I was wondering how does the python go back into the toilet or into the system? It hides in the ba- in in the apartments until it actually digests its meal. So it had to have been in there at least a week before it went back in. So, needless to say, I moved out the next day. Now, what happened to the snake? Oh, you know, the snake is in the Los Angeles Zoo in their in their little snake house. Uh, a captain told me this when I was flying the shuttle out of New York. He said he had a, a second officer sitting back at the panel. Your typical Air Force Academy graduate, six foot two, looked like Robert Redford, God's gift to aviation. He's sitting back there at the panel. They're flying along, and the uh, interphone goes off, and he's talking to the flight attendant. Hangs up. Captain says, "What was that about?" Well, the second officer says, "Well, flight attendant's complaining that it's too cold in the back." Captain says, "Oh, you're going to take care of that then." second officer says, well, in my experience, I found out if you just kind of let it go, it tends to take care of itself. Captain said, oh, okay. So they're flying along. About 20 minutes later, ding, goes off again. Second officer's talking to the flight attendant, hangs up. Captain said, is that the flight attendant's again? Yep. Is it still cold? Yep. But it's you're pretty sure it's going to take care of itself, right? Yes, sir. In my experience, that's what's happened. Okay. So they continue on, end the flight flight's over. They're standing there. Captain's at the door saying goodbye to all the passengers. Second officer's standing there at his panel, you know, turning off switches, getting ready. Flight attendant comes walking up from the back, taps him on the shoulder and says, excuse me, when I told you it was too cold in the back, did you do anything about it or did you just blow me off? Second officer got as far as, well, all my indications were when the flight attendant grabs both ears, spins his head around, shoves his head into her chest, and he said, you see these indicators? They're indicating it was too damn cold back there. Spins his head back around and walks out. Captain said he almost fell over laughing so hard. Those are indicators. So, you might have guessed by this point that I'm kind of a jokester. I like to have fun. Everything's sort of light and cheery with me. And, uh, you know, everything had gotten so dark and depressing with the airline industry. And it seemed like everybody was doing nothing but complaining. And I was really finding it just exhausting. So about a year ago, I found this toy wind-up mouse in the airport in the Salt Lake City Airport at a kid's store. And I thought... I just might have to buy this $3 mouse and uh, let it loose on the airplane. (laughs) It's this little tail that goes back and forth. Kind of looks like a white rat and um, a lab rat. And uh, you wind it up and I set it down and boy, I have had more fun. It really helped for me anyway, (laughs) lighten the mood. You know, everybody's complaining about pay cuts, benefit cuts, blah, blah, blah. And here I'm putting a mouse down and people are like, ah! (laughs) 
And I tell you, I can entertain myself for a long time with that mouse. I try to get the pilots. I can only get them if they're going in and or out of the cockpit, like when we're getting on the airplane, because you can't get them in the cockpit and you know, it's too far to look down. Plus, you don't, shouldn't really scare anybody in the cockpit. Um, but I love it when I can get a pilot to, to scream like a girl because they get really embarrassed. And that's very fun for me. <laughs> but uh, mainly I get other flight attendants and uh, an occasional passenger. I try to uh, judge whether the passenger looks like there's someone who can take a joke and, you know, I won't have to get the defibrillator out or anything. <laughs> but anyway, I have had a lot of fun with my mouse. Actually, I'm on my third generation mouse because they only cost three dollars they wear out so I've gotten a few extras <laughs> so anyway I'm flying with this girl who is very pretty blonde she wears her hair in this long ponytail and, and she sort of has a uh, a look that's sweet she's a sweet look to her and I've flown with her many times we get along very very well she also likes to have fun and I've already scared her with my mouse I mean I've had actually flight attendants jump up on things in the galley and scream and it's it's a lot of fun but um we had our my airline has finally started hiring new people which is a very good positive sign but we haven't had new people for so long so i haven't had a chance to you know do anything to any new people forever so we had this new girl she'd been flying about two months and she's deadheading um out to la and we're working the flight and eventually after the service she comes back to the galley she's new she likes to chat and she's telling the flight attendant with the long, blonde, pretty hair, with a sweet face, how, oh, you know, in Atlanta, there's these flight attendants who, they've been flying a long time, and they fly international, and they're so mean, and the pretty blonde is going, oh, those flight attendants can be mean, can't they? Oh, you're right, that's terrible, they can be just horrible, and she looks at me and says, get the mouse! What was so funny is here she's being so sympathetic and so nice <laughs> to this new, young, fresh face. And yet she's like, get the mouse. <laughs> so I, I get in my bag. I get out the mouse, <laughs> wind it up while she's not looking, put it down. And this young girl, literally arms in the air, was like, ah! <laughs> I was surprised the passengers didn't come running back to see what was wrong. But what was just so funny to me is here is this sweet girl being so sympathetic. Oh, yes, those those mean old flight attendants, they can be just terrible. Get the mouse. <laughs> But I'm helping, you know, this lady, she was, she was like paraplegic. You know, she just had no movement below her waist. She was a big, real large, large black lady. And we're like, I'm like, oh, God, you know, the wheelchair. We're waiting for the wheelchair people, and they haven't come. They haven't showed up. So I go and get our wheelchair all set up. I go, here, I go, Sudi, why don't you get on this, and I'll push, pull you up. And so we pull her we pull her all the way to the door. And then, you know, we're still waiting for the wheelchair people and we're like, we got to go, we got to go. So the they the wheelchair guy finally comes and he's this tiny little thing. It's like, no way. Uh-uh. I go, you're going to have to go get some other help. So he's like, "Oh, okay." So he goes up and I'm like, "Oh, shoot." And the wheelchair's there. I go, "You know what, darling? I'm going to bring her out in the jetway." And then I'm going to hold on to her, and you just move. 
pull that wheelchair away and bring her wheelchair in. And so she's, Darlene's like, okay, I'll do that. So I'm like, okay, sweetie. I go, you know what? I go, I'm going to try to help you, okay? So she goes, okay. I go, put your arms around my neck, and then I'll lift you up and from your arms, okay? So I'm like, okay. So I, I, I lift her up. I go, okay, Darlene, go ahead. Move the wheelchair. And Darlene's trying to move it back, move the one back. And I go, hurry, Darlene, hurry, hurry. <laughs> <laughs> my whole body's shaking and I'm like darling hurry hurry and Darlene's like moving trying to move the wheelchair out from there and trying to try to bring the other one around and I go darling hurry and all of a sudden I, timber boom and the lady's not letting go of my neck and I'm like oh. I landed on her we we fell back. We fell back on top of me. And I'm like, she still wouldn't let go of me. And I'm like laying on top of this lady. She's holding on to me. It's okay, sweetie. I know I'm big. I know I'm big. And I go, oh, no. so there's So now we have this poor, poor, heavy black lady on the floor, laying on the floor. And Darlene's got her mouth, hands over her mouth going, oh, my God, what do I do? And then finally the wheelchair people came and lifted her up and put her in. And I go, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. She goes, honey, I know I'm big. That's okay. That's okay. She goes, I didn't. I, I, she goes, I, did I hurt you? I go, no, I didn't. I go, I kind of landed on you. You were nice and soft. But. <laughs> I can't imagine what you thought as you started to tip. Oh, my eyes. Darlene said my eyes were like big there like timber this is it there's no to the back don't worry where we're high i want to live on a wild side life so i had a very pet themed trip recently i was going to new york and back so the first day we go to new york and on that flight during boarding in first class there is a cat that is meowing like there's no tomorrow. Just meow, 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 meow. During boarding, the other first first class is full. All the passengers are going, is that cat going to meow all the five hours to New York? Can you can you, you know, let somebody on with a cat that's going to meow like that in first class? And, you know, I don't have any control over somebody's cat. And uh, there was so much meowing that there were kids sitting in first class that I thought the, some the kids were doing some of the meowing because I thought for certainly that cat isn't meowing that much. <laughs> but no, it was the cat. So we get in the air and the cat's still meow, 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 meow. Uh, we're, it was an all-nighter to New York, so the service didn't take very long. And after the service, the gentleman who had the cat comes up to the galley with his pet carrier and he said, you know, everybody up here hates me. My cat won't stop meowing. He's like, I just got this cat. I've only had it for two days. He goes, is there any way, I know you're not supposed to, but is there any way I can take it out here in the galley just to try to calm it down so that the, you know, the, the other first class passengers will be able to sleep? Now, granted, we're not supposed to let the animals out of the carrier, but it seemed a extenuating circumstance considering he had the whole cabin all riled up. <laughs> So I said, okay, let, let's take the cat out and see if, you know, we can quickly get it to calm down and then everything will be fine. He takes this thing out of the cage and I'm like, what is it? It turned out to be a hybrid of an Asian leopard. So it was half Asian leopard, half domestic cat. 
So it was a spotted, it looked like a leopard. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> like, no wonder the thing won't stop meowing. It's like a wild animal. And he's explaining, oh, it's an expensive cat. It's supposed to get as smart as a, as a two-year-old child. Gets to be like 30 pounds. It was pretty big for a kitten. And uh, it was a beautiful looking thing, except for, you know, morally, you have to wonder if you should be blending leopards with domestic cats. But it, uh, that's not my place to judge at the moment. But the um, the cat was beautiful. And wouldn't stop meowing. And and then the owner was showing me. He's like, look at the paws. The paws were humongous. Like no domestic cat paws I've ever seen. And he goes, look. And if you put your finger in the cat's paw, it would hold your finger like a child would. <laughs> I've never I've never had a cat hold my hand before. <laughs> so we were trying to get the cat to calm down. And it seemed to really like to hold your hand. So the owner held it's one hand, paw. <laughs> I held the other one. And then eventually it went to sleep. <laughs> so I sat there bending down in the galley holding this cat's hand. Now, in my job, we do a certain amount of hand holding, but it's not usually a cat. <laughs> okay, so that was the flight to New York. The next day, we had a short layover during the day, sleep. We do the flight back. New York, LA. Again, it's like an all-nighter because it, it leaves late New York time. So it's basically like an all-nighter again. And uh, the cabin's very dark. Somebody rings their call bell. And like I did an episode before about the bell ringers, usually when people ring their bells, they don't want anything. They just hit it by mistake. They don't even realize they've hit it. So I go up to this. It's an older gentleman. And I said, oh, you rang your bell. Do you need something? And he goes, Look. And he points down towards his feet. And I'm thinking, what? He goes, look. I'm like, what? And at that moment, I see this little face <laughs> just peering up at me. It was a little wiener dog, a, a dachshund, you know, a little brown dachshund looking at me like, who? <laughs> it was almost like he could, he looked like, he was like sheepishly looking up like he knew he was doing something wrong. And I said, is is that your dog? He's like, no, I don't have a dog. And I looked around the area. I'm asking people, does anybody have a dog? Nobody says anything. So I think, okay, I'll go get the manifest. And it says how many people have pets and where they're sitting. So I go up there. There's two people with dogs. So I go to the first one and I say, do you have a little brown dachshund? And they said, no, our dog's white. So then I go to the next person. And sure enough, it's the person sitting right next to. So right in the center seat next to the guy who has the lost dachshund. So that makes sense. So that the dog hadn't gotten very far. And what was nice was the past passenger sitting kitty corner from the man who found the lost dog had picked up the dog, which was good because this way I didn't have to have the dog running around scaring other people in the dark cabin. You know, fur at night in a dark cabin, you know, against your feet is a little scary. <laughs> so anyway, he was nice enough to hold the wiener dog. And so the kid whose dog it, it apparently turned out to be was asleep in the center seat. So we wake him up and my other flight attendant partner has come up at this point and um, she's like, you have a dog? And he's like, huh? You know, everybody's always so confused at night. Anyway, he's like, do you have a dog? He's like, yeah, I have a dog. He's like, well, is this your dog over here? And points to the guy kitty corner now. And so the kid being sleepy or stupid, whatever, puts his arms out. That wiener dog has like little teeny tiny legs. That's why they call it a wiener dog. That dog cannot make it from where he's in the guy's lap to that 
kid in the center seat. And they, the dog goes to jump like a good little dog. And my friend, that my flying partner, sees the dog go to jump, realizes he's not going to make it, goes to catch the dog, you know, midair. The dog then bites her. <laughs> he bites. She had this big, like, cocktail ring. He grabs the ring and he's holding on. His body's, like, dangling. And she's like, hey, baby, baby. <laughs> Luckily, he didn't he didn't break the skin. But I know I've said it over and over again. It's just not a normal job because on the way over, I'm holding a, a cat slash leopard's hand. And on the way back, we've got stray wiener dogs biting the flight attendants. <laughs> it's just it's just a different job. Well, that's about it for this wild episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye.